Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. As a lifelong gamer and professional hot take haver, I love a good debate about one of the things I treasure the most in this life, video games. However, there are some debates that have raged for far, far too long. Those that just don't have any actual entertainment or worthwhile value to them that we'd be better off quashing altogether. I'm Scott from WhatCulture.com and these are eight popular video game debates that need to die. Number eight, are video games art? I feel like after the great pixel platformer boom of the early 2010s and the subsequent entering of video games into the museum of modern art, that this whole thing was concluded. And yet it's still not an accepted thought process that games are up there with the likes of film, TV, literal visual art pieces, music, etc. That, at least to me, is patently insane, because besides the comparable quality of crafted architecture to levels, music composition, filmed and acted cutscenes, or the formation of authorship around a work, games also offer an artistic layer through interaction, the ability to examine yourself through choice. When playing Dishonored, for example, is your first instinct to kill your enemies or sneak past. In Fallout, who do you ally with and who do you oppose? Who does Harry Dubois become in your hands while playing Disco Elysium? All parameters surrounding these choices are authored, curated. Game devs are just as much artists as someone with a canvas and a paintbrush. Number 7. The Console Wars Bit of a retro one here, but since you can't find a single PlayStation or Xbox tweet without the first comment saying their rival is better, it makes sense there are still sentient beings slugging it out over which pile of chips and processors farted out by a multi-million dollar corporation speaks to them the most. Certain groups of fans will debate speed and power, but the real bread and butter of the argument comes down to exclusives, which I will fully back are one of the reasons to invest in a system overall. However, while competition in a given space can sometimes breed excellence, we all know when this stuff goes too far. When someone is weaponizing a literal marketing brand as an extension of their personality, ostensibly going to war on behalf of a company as if they were being paid the best PR wage on the planet. Healthy competition is totally fine on the business side of things. For the consumer, it's all about analyzing which deal is best for you, which aspects of that package are worth vocalizing in a respectful way, and ensuring each company is putting their money firmly into keeping you around, without assuming you'll die for them regardless. Number 6. Insert Genre Here is Too Popular First-person shooters, mascot platformers, single-player adventure games, sports titles, you name it, every successful genre has a boom-bust period, even if it lasts multiple years or rarely through generations. We're currently in the middle of the Souls series, seeing the majority of action games control like they do, with a Dark Souls boss fight even present in the likes of Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Battle Royale, superhero shooters, both boomed and largely bust, in terms of how many copycats stayed popular anyway across the last five years. Regardless, it's nothing to be annoyed at. Gaming 
game doesn't begin and end with the latest AAA extravaganza or live service addiction machine. The more you look, the more interesting, unique, and boundary-pushing experiences you'll find. The indie scene has exploded in recent years to essentially become today's version of the 2000s gaming scene, in terms of genre and mechanical diversity. Loop Hero inverting everything you know about a roguelike, Neon White's ability-burning speedrunning, Inscription's mix of deck-building mechanics, escape room mysteries, and folk horror chills. If you're into music or TV, you're not constrained by the top 10 shots or occasional squid game viral sensation. Gaming 2 has reached that point of sheer content availability, where you're rewarded for going off the beaten path. Number 5. Are Esports Real Sports? I always thought the line between being nerdy or being a sports fan is very slim. Stat tracking, power rankings, knowing precisely which goal, tackle, or play happened in which year and how the technique was pulled off. In recent years though, the comparison is more apt than ever. In 2017, the League of Legends World Championship Final outdrew that year's UEFA Champions League Final, and yet we're not there in terms of all-out esports acceptance. On the surface, I guess you can see it. Esports seems to miss the point of gaming to gamers themselves, as it's about watching the game being played rather than doing so yourself. When it comes to sport being classed as physical competition, it's worth saying that sheer battles of reflexes and hand-eye coordination can be incredible to watch unfold, as training your mind is one hell of a thing. For most, the appeal of the medium is that personal journey of overcoming a challenge or experiencing a story or the gameplay itself. However, it's easy to miss that esports can be that connection between the player and the game, blown up to a stupidly huge scale. It didn't help that a lot of initial esports coverage was based around MMORPGs, something that's very hard to understand the competitive aspects of just from looking. Today though, we have esports tournaments for everything from Street Fighter to Tekken to literally every battle royale under the sun. They're super easy to watch, and when thousands of people are hanging on one player making it out alive, that gets very cerebral and competitive indeed. Number 4. Is Mobile Gaming Real Gaming? Mobile gaming is, broadly speaking, a market of cheap, addictive attention grabbers trying to swindle you. For a time, headlines decried the end of the console and PC gaming as we'd all be glued to our phones, but that never came to fruition. What remained when we think of mobile gaming simply is the dog-worst microtransactions and predatory money-grabbing practices known to humankind. But there are worthwhile titles out there and more than you think. The likes of PUBG Mobile and Pokemon Go are one thing, but also worth factoring in is Rockstar's awesome port work done on the GTA trilogy, not the definitive edition, and the exemplary mobile version of Max Payne. Things like Xbox Game Pass and PlayStation Remote Play also take many titles on the go or just make them handheld too. Mobile gaming is clearly still figuring itself out as a term, but the reality of how many of us are now doing it is here to stay. Number 3. Real Games Are Difficult Honestly, they kinda used to be. Once games made the leap from coin-sucking arcade machine difficulty to single-priced cartridges you could play forever, the only way to elongate playtime was to crowbar in some insanely hard challenges. It's been called many things from old-school difficulty to the very well-known Nintendo hard, but it stands that an association was made between slogging through this stuff, again more a financial decision than artistic, and knowing your worth as a human on this earth putting up with it. That isn't to be confused with curated challenges and the satisfaction that comes from overcoming genuinely tough anything. Get good has become the mantra for anything with a difficulty curve or difficulty brick wall, and that's fine if both creator and audience are on the same page. The flip side to this coin is devaluing games or experiences that purposefully don't put you through hell regardless. The walking simulator debate of 2013, the just another cutesy indie game debate of every single livestream. Hell, there are still millions of people who insist Nintendo is for kids, but use it as an absolute rather than a mark of overall game quality. 
Just because you can breeze through Life is Strange or Portal in an afternoon doesn't cheapen those experiences or make them any lesser. They're different, they're expanding interactive possibilities, and that's awesome for gaming overall. Number 2. Video games are too violent Difficult as it is to believe, there are still people claiming that violent video games are warping the minds of the kids, turning them into frothing lunatics chained to their consoles, thoroughly desensitized to everything around them. The fact that there are still people thinking this is proof that these debates can't be won with logic or reasoning. Honestly, they've been going on for about as long as I can remember, going all the way back to the original Doom and Mortal Kombat. Sadly, some people just don't get it, and never will. The worst case scenario is that they are choosing not to get it, even with the strides made from the likes of Pac-Man to the likes of The Last of Us. To certain age groups or mentalities, they've made their minds up. And no matter how many times you might talk them through an Animal Crossing, a Gone Home, or a Tetris effect, they've decided video games are one thing and one thing only. Ironically, listening to anyone else is just too tall an ask of near-literal reprogramming. And number one, graphics versus gameplay. There's a thrill that comes with seeing genuine leaps forward in graphical ability. The Unreal Engine 5 demos, for example, have been jaw-dropping. Those big steps are few and far between though, especially nine console generations in. When it comes to selling entirely on graphics, most companies come in under expectations, thanks to cross-generation development, marketing that wrongly represents launch day visuals, or mandates that prioritize remasters and re-releases of games that were fine the first time around. Worse still, gargantuan budgets are wasted on rendering out things like perfect skin pores whether an eye dilates in the sun, or making sure a stitch pattern can be seen if you zoom in enough in photo mode. While I totally appreciate these details, it's clear from the medium's history that what draws us to gaming is more than aesthetics. As if it needed to be said again, gameplay is king. Titles like Super Mario 64, System Shock 2, or the original Final Fantasy 7 are still worth playing decades after their original release, because of the sheer creativity present across their design. The soul of a game and that embodiment of passion and purpose is what makes it special. Not getting lost, I would say, in needless lifelike rendering of textures or modeling that most of us will barely see. And those are 8 very popular video game debates that need to die. Let me know your favourites and where you stand down in the comments below. For now, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com. Please subscribe to the WhatCulture Gaming Podcast and I'll catch you soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.